Hey, if you've got your Bible, find the book of John, somewhere around chapter 20. In fact, find 20, not just somewhere around it. Tonight, before we get too far, I really want to just read the scripture with you. Before I give you much of an introduction or anything like that, I want to read through this scripture with you. And then we'll kind of backtrack and talk about it a little bit, okay? So John chapter 20, starting in verse 11, should say something like this. It says, But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stopped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. One at the head and one at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord. And I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned, said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Tonight we're going to ask the question, what does it mean when God calls your name? But as an introduction, let's first talk about what does it mean when anybody calls your name? When someone says your name, what does that really mean? Well, honestly, it depends on who it is, right? <clears throat> my, my father, um, some of you may have met him. He's, he's been able to visit a few times. He is somewhere around 6'4", um, a little over 200 pounds, and um, he is a Southern Baptist preacher. Um, there's a little bit of an intimidation factor that, that he has going for him. Um, he loved it when my older sister was dating, um, but there's just something about him that when he says my name, it means something. In fact, it could mean lots of things. It just depends on not just who is saying my name, but then it also depends on how they're saying my name. If he's using John, which, by the way, there's so many John Nugents in my family. So I have, I'm John Nugent. I have John Henry Nugent. My dad goes by David, but he is John David Nugent. My grandfather was John Edward. My great-grandfather was John Marion. Lots of John Nugents, all different middle names, though, so no fourths or fifths or anything. But, so around our house, I was the only one that went by John. My dad was David, and my grandfather was Johnny, or if you knew him really well, Tootie. But there's something about when someone says your name, maybe even a nickname. I have three sons, John Henry, Jack Reese, and Judah. And John Henry, sitting here tonight, he knows that when I say his name, it should mean something, right? And it would depend on even how I say his name. If I were to say something like John Henry... With a little bit of a question on the end, maybe it's to figure out, hey, where are you? What room of the house are you in? Where, where, where are you that, that maybe you're not supposed to be? 
It was just something along those lines. But if I say something, if I include the last name for him, most of us, it's if mom includes our middle name, but for him, it's just the last name. If it's John Henry Nugent, he knows that there's some sort of correcting that is about to happen, right? Something needs to change, um, some sort of behavior, some location, attitude, something needs to be changed, right? It depends. If I, if I come home, a lot of times it's just John Henry, and he'll come around the corner, and he'll greet me with a hug, and it is, it's, it's a different thing. It's a name. But depending on who is saying it and how it's being said, it can mean different things, right? So tonight, very specifically, what does it mean when God calls your name? Again, we know who's saying it, right? But I guess it depends on how he's saying it. Maybe it depends a little bit on what our relationship with God is like. I'm going to look at this a little bit tonight in these verses. Skip back into this, um, this, this passage with me. We're going to look at verse 13. It says they, we're talking about the angels who were who are present there. It says, they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they've taken away my Lord. I do not know where they have laid him. So these angels, they, their, their name that they give to Mary here, they say woman. Which is appropriate because they don't have a personal relationship with Mary or Mary Magdalene, whatever we want to call her, right? Because she's got different names that she's going by. But they call her woman because there's no personal relationship with her. And there's not really a personal response on her part. She's just like, I'm crying because I don't know where they put Jesus. Like, I don't know if there's an attitude of stop bothering me with this. I don't know if there's an attitude of like, well, if you really want to know, if you can't tell what's going on here. Most of the time when angels show up, in fact, the vast majority of times that angels show up in God's word, people are terrified. People are scared out of their minds. But for her, this is one of the few times that we have angelic beings that show up and they say, woman, why are you weeping? And she does not respond out of fear or anything, which tells me that she is like ugly crying, right? She does not even realize what's going on around her. When it says that she is weeping, it is something like she is like does is unaware of what's going on around her. And she just she realizes that someone asks her, hey, why are you? When you're like really upset about things and someone comes to you and they're like, hey, why are you so upset? Don't you just want to kind of slap them a little bit? <laughs> like, I, that's not what I need. Like, that's not what I need at all. I don't want to explain, like, why would I want to talk to you about what I'm crying? No. And so she gives them this response that it's not very personal. It's just, hey, this is what I'm crying about. Now, please leave me alone. Then we find Jesus coming in. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Again, she's unaware. But maybe it's because of the greeting. People that I know well, people that I have a personal relationship with, I use their name. So do you. Now, maybe it's not their given name. Maybe you have a nickname for people. Maybe you have something else that you would call people, but you'd use their name, right? But Jesus, when he enters this scene, uses the term woman. And she doesn't recognize him. I don't know why this is. In my, in my imagination, as I'm watching this being played out here, I don't know why. 
And there's oftentimes Jesus will heal people and he'll do miracles and he'll then tell them, hey, now don't tell anybody about this as if people aren't going to find out, <laughs> you know. And maybe this is just one of those times where he's like, uh, like I came back to life and people are going to know about this eventually, but maybe for just right now, maybe I don't want you to know. Maybe he's trying to sneak in. Maybe he's just trying to figure out, hey, what's, what's, what's going on? Like, what is your response? What's, what's going on with you, Mary? I don't really know. But he starts with something sort of not so personal. She gives him a very... I don't know, not very personal response, supposing him to be the gardener. I guess she looked over the angels somehow, right? And then this other person is there, and now she's just like, I don't know who this is. And it's like, this is, I don't know, to me, this this definitely ugly cry, right? And she's there, and she's just like, hey, if if you know anything about this, could you just help me? Like, stop asking me why I'm crying and offer me some help. Like, tell me what happened, and I'm going to try and fix it the best of my ability. And then he changes things. Verse 16. Verse 16, he, Jesus said to her, Mary. And you go to verse 18, it's going to call her Mary Magdalene, right? This is a double name person, a good southern lady, right? Um, and so she's Mary Magdalene, but Jesus calls her Mary. And I, in, in my imagination, in the way this plays out for me, there's a, there's a change even in his tone of voice. There's a change in the way that he says that. There's something that's more personal about that. When he greets her, when he says her name. We were in youth ministry in Mississippi for almost eight years. And there was a girl um, there who we got to see go seventh grade through twelfth grade. She spent all of her her youth ministry with us. Um, Her name was Mary Clark. Uh, Mary Clark Joyner was her name. But she was Mary Clark. Some people called her MC, um, but Mary Clark is what everybody called her because it's Mississippi and it's the South. And so um, she was there, but she had two friends that called her Mary. Now, those two friends were her best friends. Nobody else called her that. Just those two. And they knew her really, really well. And they called her Mary. And it just makes me think of this story. Well, this is Mary Magdalene, who you and I, we would recognize her as, as, as that lady, right? Because Mary in the Bible could mean lots of different people. But for this, Jesus comes in, and the way that he probably says this is very personal. When he says, Mary, she instantly recognizes that it's Jesus. She then responds. Verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbanah, which means teacher. Her response is interesting to me. She doesn't use his name. She knows his name. She knows that he's Jesus. She spent a lot of time with him. She would know him well, but she doesn't use his name. So then I have to ask, why? Why not? And honestly, I don't know. I can only guess. I think she recognizes that something's different. I think she recognizes that the Jesus standing in front of her is is not the Jesus that she knew maybe even a few days before. 
that there's something different, that there is something maybe even superior about him. But her response is different. But tonight, here's what I want to do with you. Ready? I believe that God is calling your name. So first, before we talk about your response to that, let's figure out what God's saying, right? If God is saying your name in a very personal way, whatever it is that God would call you, maybe he would call you something other than your name. I don't know. Probably depends on your relationship with God. He knows you better than anybody else. Just kind of depends on how well we know him, how close we are to him. When God calls your name, if he's calling your name tonight, which I believe he does, I believe that we have a very personal God. He knows the number of hairs on our head. I think he knows what's going on in our lives. I think he knows us to the very smallest detail. As big as he is, I think he's even concerned with the details, the circumstances, and what's going on in our lives. I think he knows all of those things. And I think he wants to communicate with us. I think we have a God who, who does that. I love that because of Jesus Christ, we have personal communication with him, that we get to go through Jesus Christ and talk to him directly. We can do that. I mean, God wants to do that all the time. We have verses that tell us to pray without ceasing. So as God comes tonight, maybe he is calling your name. What does he mean? We know who's saying it, right? It would be Jesus. It would be God calling our name tonight. So then it would be, what does he mean? What's he trying to say to us? Maybe it's kind of like with me and my children. Maybe it's correcting behavior. Maybe there's something that we're doing that every once in a while God may be coming to us and saying, John, oh yeah, forgot, I'm, I shouldn't be doing this. Or I should be doing something else. Maybe it's correcting behavior. Maybe he's asking us to come and be back by his side. I don't know if you've noticed this, if you watch my family here at Temple Baptist Church, our three little boys, John Henry, for the most part, a rule follower. He's usually with us. I don't know about Judah yet. He's too little to run too far. Jack Reese is usually the one that we're yelling at down the hallway. Stop before you get to the parking lot. Like, don't go out the door. And we're yelling his name. Jack Reese. Jack Reese, no gent. Trying to get him to come back. Stop. Stop. Right. Don't take another. Stop. Wait for us. Stop it. Stop at that door. Don't open that door. Don't go out. Hope somebody catches him. And we're trying to get him to come here. Maybe that's what God's doing. Maybe God's saying, hey, uh, you're over there and I want you here by my side. Maybe he's greeting us because he hasn't seen us in a while, hadn't talked to us in a while. My parents have been away um, in Israel. My, my father was, was gifted with a trip to the Holy Lands. Um, and so they, they've been there, and they've been, uh, I think, 14 days total that they'll be gone. And so uh, I haven't talked to them much, a few text messages and that kind of thing. Um, and so it'll, it'll, when I see them, there's a greeting that will be, I don't get to see them on Tuesday. I'm going home to see them. And so I'll greet them with a statement of, it's good to see you. Mom, what have you cooked? <clears throat> right? And she's been gone for two weeks, and, but I'll still ask that. And so, but there's a greeting of, I haven't seen you in a while. That's a different kind of greeting. It'll be, hey, Dad, 
And it will mean something different. Maybe it's that God hasn't seen you in a while. He's not necessarily mad. He's not necessarily angry or, or, or bitter. It's just a, hey, I'm glad to see you. I think God wants to see us, talk with us, communicate with us. I think he welcomes us at any moment. Maybe, maybe it's that kind of way that he's saying our name. Maybe he's comforting us in a difficult time. Maybe your circumstances are such that, that when God calls your name, you know that it is, it is something out of comfort. He knows exactly what you're going through. Maybe even not a lot of people do. Maybe lots of people know what you're going through. But God comes and when he says your name, it is almost as if he is putting an arm around you and holding you up tight to comfort you and to draw you in because he knows that you're going through something difficult. When my children fall and get hurt, I'll usually scoop them up. And the first thing I will be say is their name. Jack Reese, it's going to be okay. We're going to get you cleaned up. It'll be all right. Maybe it's that. Maybe God is giving us comfort. Maybe it's a combination of things. Sometimes people can say your name, and it means lots of things all at once. One of my very best friends is named Adam Willoughby. Um, Adam is a character. Um, if you were to meet Adam, uh, you would be thrown off because your first impression of Adam is not really who Adam is. Um, now, he's an electrical engineer. He works for Entergy. Um, he works in Mississippi now. He's from Bayou Chico, Louisiana. Um, he was actually the valedictorian of his class there. However, if you met him, you'd think to yourself, you know, you're missing a couple bricks. But I love him because he's fun. And if Adam were here, if Adam were to walk through those doors, and if you were to see us interact with each other, I lived with Adam in college. He was the best man in my wedding. We have, we've gone hunting and fishing, and we have done lots of things together, some that you will never know about. And so when, when Adam and I see each other, which now becomes more rare, but when we see each other, we just we, we give the, the one handshake and the hug, and a lot of times it's just Adam and a little smile. And it says a lot. When he says to me, John, I know that there's lots of things being said all at one time. John, who's writing the gospel of John, I think does that better than any of the rest of the gospels. That when he writes, there, there, there are so many things that he's saying with so little. Maybe it's because he knew Jesus so personally. Maybe had a closer relationship than, than the other writers of the Gospels. And so he's able to say things in a way that you know that there's much more going on than just what's being said. And I think that's what's happening here. When Jesus comes and he enters the scene and he says, Mary. I think Jesus is saying all kinds of things. I think he's, it's, it's comforting as if a, hey, you don't have to cry. This whole scene that you're causing here, not even recognizing what's going on around you, hey, don't cry. There's no reason. I'm alive. There's comfort. There's a personal greeting. There's Mary. As if to say, hey, look at this. 
I'm alive. This means a lot. There's lots, I think, that Jesus is saying. So maybe for you tonight, there's lots that Jesus is saying when he calls your name. The question is now, how are you responding? Mary responds with the word teacher. Rabbi in Aramaic, but teacher is what she says. Not his name, teacher. And teacher can mean lots of different things, right? I told you my father is a preacher. My mom is a teacher. She taught me biology, chemistry, and physics. She was a science teacher at my high school. One of the two science teachers at my high school. It's not fun when your father is a preacher and your mother teaches at your high school. You have a sister who's just one year older than you. People don't really need to know your name. Holly's little brother, Miss Nugent's son, Brother David's son, it didn't really matter. So I came to Louisiana to college. And so, but to say teacher can mean a lot too. I think what she's saying when she does this, ready? I think she's saying teacher because she is willing to make corrections in her life. A teacher would be someone that would show you, hey, this is a way to do, this is the prop, this is the right, this is the correct way to do something. They would be teaching you that. And when she calls him teacher, I think it is her saying, I'm willing to correct whatever it is that you are asking me to correct, to start doing something, to stop doing something, to do something differently. I'm willing to correct something because you are my teacher. Maybe it's teacher because she was willing to go wherever he instructed. Sometimes a teacher will ask us to go places. There is an assignment that happens with teachers that they will say, I want you to do this, which sometimes requires us to move and to go somewhere else to accomplish the task that a teacher is giving us. So maybe it's her saying, hey, I will go and do whatever it is that you're about to ask me to do. Teacher, maybe because she was dependent on him as a source of knowledge and wisdom and truth. A teacher would be something that knows, someone who, who probably knows more than we know. That's why they are our teacher. So her to say teacher to him would be a, almost a submissive thing, as if to say, you're the one that has knowledge. You are the one who, who can give wisdom. You are the one that knows truth, capital T, truth. You are my teacher. Maybe she says it because she was his follower, not just a person in a class. Not just a person that listens, listens to him talk. Not lecturer. She doesn't call him that. I had several classes at Louisiana Tech University. Some of those classes had 200 people in them. Those were professors. Those were lecturers. Some of my classes had 20 of us. Those became more of teachers. That I got to know more personally. Maybe there's something along those lines. This idea of discipleship, of following this person who's doing the teaching. Maybe it's just because she recognized that Jesus was superior, but also personal. A teacher to me is someone who's definitely a superior. They're not, they're not a peer. A teacher is not your peer. But a teacher can still be personal. There are teachers, I believe, that have changed the lives of people. 
in very, very wonderful ways. Many of you could probably name teachers of yours that you would say, I loved that teacher. They, they did so much for me. Maybe that's what's going on. Recognizing I'm not your equal, I'm not your peer. But you're also still something personal to me. There's lots that she is saying as well. But here's the deal tonight. Maybe it's that Jesus is calling your name tonight because he's inviting you into a relationship. God starts that way, way back, Old Testament, when God is sitting with Moses at a burning bush and Moses is saying, hey, what do I go and who do I tell the people? What is your name? And God gives Moses his personal name of Yahweh, this I am statement. He says, here's my personal name. I'm inviting you as a people to know me personally. God may be calling your name tonight. If you don't know him as your savior, then God's calling your name tonight as an invitation to know him, as an invitation into personal relationship with the same God that spoke everything we know into existence. With that big, gigantic God, he is very personal still and asking you into relationship with him. And until you have that relationship, we don't need to go any further in trying to figure out what Jesus is saying when he's saying our name. But if you do have that relationship, I think God still calls our name. So what's he saying to you tonight? I love that that God already knows our name. Even if we don't know him, he knows us. It's interesting to me. It's one of my favorite things to do as a youth minister, by the way. Brandon, okay, don't be telling people this, all right? But I like to go and figure out like who visitors are before I go talk to them. It's one of my favorite things. I'll go and I'll, like, I'll ask Brandon and I'll say, hey, Brandon, um, that kid over there that's wearing the Rustin High Band shirt, what's, what's his name? He'll be like, oh, that's Shane. Like, awesome, thanks so much. And so then I'll wait a few minutes, and I'll go over, and I'll pop. Hey, Shane, how are you doing? So glad that you're here tonight. And he'll go, thanks. Like, I'm John. I'm the youth minister here. So glad that you're here. We love having good visitors and new friends like you, Shane. Thanks. And I don't ever tell them that I found their name out from a friend like five minutes before. There's something about when someone knows your name that it gives you value. You and I have God who knows our name. Before we knew what our name was, he knew our name. And he invites us into personal relationship by saying our name. And he asks us to do so much more. I believe that God is calling your name tonight. So the question is, how do you respond? If my father said my name, a response was expected. If there was not a response, then he would respond. When someone says your name, a response is expected. Tonight, because I do believe God says our name, I believe he also wants response. I don't know what that looks like for you. Maybe it's just sitting quietly and knowing you have a God that loves you and is scooping you up to comfort you right now. 
Maybe it's just your pledge to say, I want to be closer to you. Thank you for knowing me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for calling me. Maybe it's interpersonal relationship. Maybe tonight you need to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. I don't know. But there should be a response. We're going to give you time to do that. Jeremy's going to come and he's going to lead us in a song of invitation. What we are inviting you to do, that invitation, is for you to respond. You don't have to come up here. If you'd like, I'd love to talk with you about being a member of this church, about knowing Jesus as your Savior. I'd love to pray with you, talk with you about anything that's on your mind. But it may be that your response is right where you're at. Maybe that your response is actually after this is over. And we pray and we leave this place and God is calling you to go do something. To change something. But either way, we're going to give you some time right now to reflect, to respond. Your time of invitation. Let's pray together. Why don't you stand with me and then we'll sing. Father God, we love you. Love what you do for us. Love that you know us, you know our names. You call us. Father, however you are calling us tonight, God, may we respond to you. May we respond because you deserve response. God, bless this time as we spend it with you. May we do exactly what you're calling us to do in this time of invitation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.